One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. Um, 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael and Moscow White with you uh, for the weekly show. A quick reminder that you can get TSB Plus, our membership package, where you get the dedicated podcast feed with all of our podcasts ad-free and bonus stuff each week as well. Extra shows for you. Um, We've been running the Buttercup alongside the FA Cup this season because we know that Leeds United always crash out of the cup competition at the uh, at the third round stage so we're maintaining the interest it's head to head low knees mm-hmm. and it's getting to the what the quarter final stage oh it's, it's getting very exciting we've yeah. not yet decided the neutral venues have for the semis no we'll we'll uh, that's still i think we're not going to go for for the same venue as the final no because that that ruined it i think for me so we'll we'll find some proper neutral venues excellent yeah and butter is the sponsor that we unilaterally applied to that cup because it was a nice play on words mm. um, the butter people have no Actual affiliation, and it, and it was a building on the milk cup, yeah, of, of past, wasn't it? So it's just it's it's developed, yeah, it's curdled, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect description for it. We've had Moscow who's been doing the draws, Phil who's been doing the ties, Phil Hay coming on. So if you want more Phil Hay, come and find him over there. Anyway, you get that discounts on the merchandise, loads of stuff on there, plenty of benefits at the squareball.net forward slash plus. Part one of the show is about the news. Then um, let's wrap up stuff. What has been going on in Leeds United world? Relegation watch. <laughs> Yeah, I did put this as a heading. It's probably going to have to be a feature, isn't it, until <laughs> until the end of the season? Because we are now at that stage, having had a year off, essentially last year, of having to, to frantically look at every other result. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of now in that space again, where you're going, oh, well, if, if Watford Watford get a point in that and then Burnley win that, I toyed with the idea of a spreadsheet. Well, I did one the other week just to look at you know, whose games were left and, and what have you. But it's not been a disastrous weekend, has it? No, I mean, the, the one thing to take out of it is that whilst we are sitting very, very precariously, we have games, hopefully, that we can win coming up. We'll preview Villa in, in the next part as well. Newcastle it's, looks to be out of it now. I mean, I think Moscow's claim that they wouldn't win another game this season has yeah. <laughs> has not gone brilliantly. I think they've I think they've won more or less every match since I'd, you said uh, that. I've got a mate who's a Newcastle fan who saw the post-Newcastle show when you made that bold prediction. <laughs> and he texts me every week to say, remind that mate of yours on that show. I was like, he wasn't being serious. Or were you? I didn't think they'd do this well, <laughs> um, but just goes to show what money can do, which is a shame. Nobody should celebrate their uh, their success. Great. They In- might Including though. Newcastle fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't enjoy any of this if you've got any kind of soul whatsoever. Come on. And Chris Wood still hasn't scored. No. That is true. Uh, so it's so a really, very tiny victory. That was, that's the real quiz. Well, 35 points then, do we reckon, does it this season? Because uh, that's been enough on a 10-year rolling average, you've, you've worked the same I, I was looking back, this is where my mind goes now on an evening, I just think, I'm just going to have a look at the, look at the last few seasons. It, 10, 35 is the 10-year average, but 
it has been declining in recent years. I think because now Man City and Liverpool win every game they ever play, as do you know most of the top six. It is meaning that the the points needed for survival is, is tending to shrink. I think thirty five will definitely see us safe this year. So if we're gonna, if we're going to actually aim for something, that's twelve points on top of where we are now. That's we can do that, can't we? Yeah, it's only four wins. <laughs> uh, we How many read this season? Or it's uh, twelve draws. We've only got eleven games. Well, that won't do then, will it? <laughs> we could draw eleven draws. Would probably see us safe. It'd be a weird way to do it, though. I'd rather we just, I'd rather we just won some matches. I, I know we've only had five wins all season, but you look at the remaining fixtures and can't help but think if we can't win three of those mm. and get some draws, we probably do deserve to go down. Mm. We should be able to get four wins out of it. We've got, I think, we've got the ability within that squad. They just need to find it again and just hashtag believe. If um, Marsh carries on the way the Leicester game set things out, we'll have more chance of winning if we're not 3-0 down by half-time, won't we? So there's, And even if um, we don't win, I suppose it's the one thing Leeds have had this year under Bielsa that we didn't have previously was that we were drawing a lot more, uh, which has not been very useful up to now. But in the situation that we're in, you'd probably welcome some of the defeats we've had being draws. Yeah, um, And we are more likely to be able to draw our way through this with a tighter defence than as we had for that one week. Yes, I mean, 11 games left, three wins, leaves eight games that you can't afford to get hammered in. So you are talking... Well, prob- we can afford to get hammered because, you know, goal difference is what it is now. I don't think we're going to save that necessarily. But um, So if we lose, we lose. It doesn't matter if we lose by six or 10 or 12 or one. We didn't get anything from Leicester for not being beaten 10 now. So... Yeah. Um, it's the results that are important now. It's how many uh, wins and draws we can get. And if we lose by seven, twice, don't matter. What will be really helpful in this week coming up is, and um, we don't obviously want Brentford to pull away, but if it's picking the lesser of two evils, Brentford to beat Burnley, we win this week. And then we see the other bottom two losing also, because like Norwich are at Chelsea, I've got Chelsea, sorry. And then Watford travel to Wolves, which you'd expect to go the way you'd expect them to go, wouldn't you? You can't necessarily... Wolves-Watford will be a fucking dire game. I stand to be corrected when it's 3 all, but I think that's going to be two teams aiming to win 1-0 and it'll be dead boring. Well, Wolves will be aiming to win 1-0 and Watford will be aiming to draw 0-0. Yeah, then round to the weekend, Everton-Wolves and Southampton versus Watford. So not easy to predict. Those two games going on alongside our game as well when we play Norwich. So it could be a nervy affair. I think... The way I look at it is if we can beat Watford and Norwich, it gives ourselves a real chance because then you've only really got to worry about one other team. And given what happened to Everton last night at Spurs, you would hope that despite their games in hand, they don't manage to pull either, either too far clear of us or do we feel sorry level for, with us. Do we feel for, sorry for Frank Lampard? Not really, no. But no. He's, he's coming to such a bad situation. Oh, we don't need to do this again. It then, we, we? we did this on uh, on, on the match ball. <laughs> no, so but not... just reflecting on it, I just think it's so sad for him. Not the match ball and propaganda. Sorry, because he's such a good bloke and a good the, manager. The key thing with both Everton and Burnley is that they both have games that have still not been rearranged. So they, there's still matches in there on their fixture list, um, including one against each other, where they can't both win. Well, they can't both win, but they also they don't even know when they're going to play them. And so the the um, the games in hand that teams like Burnley and Everton sort of trying to present as their get-out-of-jail tickets are also things that could end up damaging them when they're having to play four games in a week just to try and get these things done. I so, was going to say, like, the time that's left in the in the season, 
causes a real problem for Everton, doesn't it? Because we've got an international break coming up. They've still got 14 games to play. Yep. It's going to be, it is going to be every three days, isn't it? And the other one, I mean, they've, they're kind of screwing themselves by one of uh, that Boreham Wood game um, and also Brentford, which are, um, apart from Leeds, Lampard's two big wins, have kind of screwed them because it means now they have to play Crystal Palace in the quarterfinals when they should be playing Watford. So Watford is postponed and to be arranged. Um, the Leicester playing Leicester and that still has not been arranged. And then they're away to Burnley. And that is another one that, as far as I'm aware, does not have a date yet. So what we're know, saying is, look, lads. we've done it right. We're fine. Nothing to worry about. Is that well, what, is that the the takeaway from this? Are we, you, are we are we just trying to convince ourselves here? No, it's, it's definitely a benefit, and you can, especially with a new manager, because Marsh needs the time to be telling his players what to do, and being able to do that during the week is a benefit. Whereas the only thing I can think of is that the last time Everton spend with Frank Lampard <laughs> on the training field, the better, because uh, they don't seem to res- be responding to anything he's telling them so far. But just going game, game, game with no time in between um, is not a, a good way to be handling your running. We will at least have the some time to prepare. I mean, Dean Smith is having a, a proper whinge and has been for weeks about the fact that Norwich are playing Chelsea on Thursday and then us on Sunday. But I mean, we're playing Villa on Thursday and them on Sunday. So I don't know what difference it is apart from the fact that we're better and we'll beat them. So I think there's plenty for us to be okay and then we can just laugh at um, which one of these losers goes down. Norwich are gone. Norwich are absolutely an absolute catastrophe. Tim Krull was talking it up. I, I saw the other day, he was saying, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough ask at this stage, but we've got the games left to do. It's like, and then you look back and you think, well, yeah, but you do, you do they need probably five wins yeah, and they've got four all season and they managed five in a full season last time they were in the Premier League. The key quotes from uh, Dean Smith um, after losing 3-1 to Brentford was... Um, we felt Brentford was a side we could catch. And then he bats banging on about the refereeing. And Brent- then he's complaining about we'll, we'll get hardly any coaching to go into the game against Leeds, who are a team only six points ahead of us. And then Tim Krull, after the 3-1 defeat to Brentford, came out looking forward to the Chelsea match on Thursday night. When you beat a team like Chelsea, maybe that's the bit of spark everyone needs. You think, yeah, you think? It would, I mean... it. I would send Norwich. I think the the city would explode if they beat Chelsea. It would be absolutely extraordinary. But I mean, Chelsea turned up to Burnley on Saturday, played through the first half as if they just didn't want to be there. And then half time, I don't know what Tuchel said to them, but I assume it was something along along the lines of try. And within 10 minutes, they were 2-0 up with uh, 20 minutes of the the restart, 4-0 up. Um, It was Tarkowski with an absolutely brilliant assist for their fourth goal. There's a lady on the plate for them. So all they had to do was just like slog through the first half and then go, look, lads, it'll be worse if you don't win this. So just go and beat them. All right, yeah, 10 minutes work, turn it in and then go home. So they can do that to Norwich. Do you know what I'd really like to happen from now is to win three games on the trot? Yeah, that would just sort it out, wouldn't it? It would. Just put put the season to bed and we all go, ah, thank God for that. The nice thing from the weekend was that in the Brentford-Norwich game, both of them looked quite shit. Brentford, Brentford needed two penalties to win that game and... Norwich can't finish, can't defend. And even Brentford Neither could wait. scored <laughs> against Norwich. Mm. Uh, the other way around, sorry, Norwich scored against Brentford. So Thomas Frank and his, you know, it's nearly a clean sheet. Didn't happen. And then um, they had another one uh, ruled out for offside. I think it was VAR cross, cross one off as well. So even though Brentford have changed it to get Ericsson in, they've gone four at the back instead of three at the back to stop leaking goals and to it gets um, 
Canos can attack now because he's been playing as a wing back. So it's all like, oh, that, that's going to be uh, good for them. But if Norwich can score against you, Norwich are absolutely chronic going forward. They scored 16, I think it's 17 now because they got that goal against Brentford and then put another one in um, that was ruled out. So if they can't even stop Norwich from scoring, what hope do Brentford have against anybody else that they're playing? It feels like you're tempting fate. Tempting fate off. Going, down that, going down that Newcastle path. I mean, I don't think Newcastle will win another game. I mean, <laughs> it gets oh, it gets oh, more difficult from here for them. All um, all joking aside, and, and looking at it as it is, and while it looks a little bit precarious now, do you think we're going to stay up? Obviously, Michael, you don't. Moscow, you do. I, I think we might. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, we should. This week, it, we'll, we'll come on to the previews, but this week is where it, it it has the potential to be tight and unpleasant, um, for want of a better phrase. But um, it could finish like that. Equally, we could just sort it out. We could also have a disastrous end to the season, get another five points and stay up because everyone else is crap, mm. <laughs> which is the option that I've almost not considered. But it is quite possible. If you look at points per game and stuff that floating around at the moment, there's an expectation that everyone picks up towards the end of the season. But if they don't... Yeah. The turnaround in form that it would need for Norwich is just, I think it's way, way beyond them. Watford are a bit funny. They did score twice against Arsenal... And apparently they didn't play too badly. Roy is being very strange down there. I, I don't think he likes <laughs> any of the players or the fans. Every post-match interview I see with him, there was one the other week, um, they scored, a couple of the players scored. And he said, uh, well, it's good to know that they uh, they can score, actually, isn't it? Like, that didn't sound like him. Well, we're good only getting to... No, that's not it. That's... Um, that's, that's Zippy or Bungle or, or George or one of them. One of the characters from TV, Charles TV programme, Rainbow. Well, we could have again school. You know, that's not right, is it? I don't know. And he Just, was, well, I enjoyed it anyway, so thank you. To bail you out of this, he was also, um, his substitutions were being booed at the weekend and he's afterwards he's saying, well, we have a problem here that the fans have their favourites, but I think that other players can do a better job than, than them. And it's also, none of it's really harmonious there's not that jesse marsh kind of like group huggle huggle um everybody's in this together we're all gonna you know unite and positive thinking and uh step by step together it's all very much roy saying i'm gonna keep this club up whether you like it or not you <laughs> bastards and then i am and getting to, out to punish of here you, i'll stay another season <laughs> yeah, exactly. no i say no one stays what, what do you no make of, two um, seasons at Watford. what do you make of all the touchy-feely stuff um do you think they probably need it after jesse's doing yeah it's one of those things it if we lose games and he does it, everyone thinks it's laughable, don't they? And it's an American pile of shit. Whereas if we win games, everyone's like, ah, fine, good yeah. fun. Everyone, maybe it is a togetherness mm. that they all need. It's definitely different from the last guy. And I think it's one of those things where when you change the manager, you just go in the other direction. It's kind of becoming clear what they've tried to change with the the sacking is to keep elements of the football and just tweak else's style and, and move it on to Rangnick's but then to completely change the atmosphere around the other stuff and the way that they kind of work in training that was it was kind of awkward at his um, press conference with people sort of saying how are you going to lift the intensity here and him saying well obviously I, I can't lift the intensity but I want to keep the intensity but achieve it in a different way the, the intensity is a problem guys so it's um, and it's going to be interesting to see how we can achieve that because he, he's he must be thinking well I can reduce or change the way we train but still achieve the outputs that Bielsa had these players running to but then when you look at the all those graphs that for four years we've been just loving whenever they show like sprints 
or effort for a, a Leeds team. And the rest of European football is like over here, clumped around the, the axis. And then Leeds United are just somewhere they have to extend the graph. It's like you have to fold out a piece of paper to write, well, Leeds are over here, miles away from everywhere else. So whether that's um, purely based, but then the other aspect of that, and I think this would be something he was kind of um, getting at too, is whether you need all that. Do you need to be that far in excess of everybody else? It's sprinting and effort and um, training and stuff. Would it be fine to be on the same sheet of paper as everybody else, but still be outrunning them? Yeah. So um, those are the changes he's kind of coming in. And yeah, if he, if he achieves it with, I'm not sure the, the Leicester Huggle quite had the effect, mainly because he'd, he'd just irretrievably broken Tyler Roberts <laughs> and none of the players seemed to be no, seemed to know what was going on. Um, Stuart, I think Melier had to go and get Stuart Dallas, didn't he? So like, don't applaud the fans. We're you have to come thing. and do this and then you could applaud the fans. And then there was a lot of players, you know, fans have their own opinions of Tyler Roberts, but he still seems to be very popular within the squad. And there was a lot of players going on, like, are you all right? What the hell? And then they had to go in this huddle with, and I don't know what it must be like to have a ruptured um, hamstring tendon. Sounds bad. Yeah, and it sounds like it'll hurt. And certainly Roberts had looked in considerable pain. So you've got the new manager there trying to deliver his message like, this is great, we can build on this. This is, I really love everybody's effort. And you're probably looking at your mate who you've been working with for four years. We think Tyler might need an ambulance. <laughs> like, this is all very nice, but he's crying. Uh, so Tyler. I'm not sure it quite had the the, the cut through that it, it it might have done otherwise. It'll all fall into place, won't it, in terms of how he wants to operate. They'll, fall apart. Well, they'll soon pick up on the cues, won't they, the players and stuff like that. And like you said, ultimately it'll be judged on the outcome of the season, won't it? Well, his, his first press conference, which we, we should probably talk about because that's happened since we, we last spoke about him. I thought he was very good at it, with it. I thought every, he covered he covered off the stuff he needed to address some of the difficult aspects of him being American. And I feel like he has killed off a lot of the talk of Ted Lasso and stuff as a result of just addressing it straight away. Not if you read. Oh, I know, but... But that's going to be tried in the same way that Bielsa yeah. is not speaking English. This is going to be, oh, soccer, yeah. soccer coach. Yeah, you know, all that kind of... Which he doesn't say, which yeah. was, I think I mentioned on the match ball, that it was uh, one report was, you know, he could say that, but he doesn't. So what are yeah. we even talking about here? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm determined to shoehorn this joke into my writing. Yeah, yeah I had already written this and then he, he went the opposite way. So I'll just talk about that and still just use all the same material. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, the young I he owned it well, didn't he? The young men were good as well. I yes. enjoyed all the talk about young men. He loves his young men. Although it does just remind you of um, YMCA, doesn't it? Mm. When you start hearing, I like it because you, and yes, you're hearing it in your head now. I realise because I think yeah, I think he'd refer to me as a young man if he met me as well, which well, which, would, which would please me greatly. Rod- about, oh, thanks, thanks, Jesse <laughs> Rodrigo, an intelligent young man. He's one of the <laughs> oldest players in the squad. Nigel Worthington is an intelligent <laughs> young man. Yeah, the, I suppose the um, the only thing about it is that too slick because that's the thing with Bielsa felt very authentic in absolutely everything there was no no attempt to play the game no attempt to mm. kind of uh, hide who he is whereas having the Ted Lasso material you know I think it's made uh, the reputation of American coaches worse having all that stuff ready is a little bit that you wonder is this genuinely him or is this his, his press conference face which is not unusual in the rest of football, but I think we've got to remember or just, there's a lot of lag with Leeds fans where we've had such an unusual experience in terms of football that now when you've just got somebody doing normal football stuff and doing normal football press conferences, although he does bang on. I know that's rich coming from me, <laughs> but the um, the comparison, because when 
Bielsa's press conferences, and he used to get so much nonsense for this because everyone's like, oh, he just drones on and he goes through that interpreter and what's he even talking about and all of it's relevant. But when it came to injuries, he'd just say, you know, Patrick Bamford, no, we don't know when he'll be back. We're, we're waiting to see how it evolves. I'm hoping Calvin at the start of March, but I think it's been set back and it was all be quite clear. And then because it was translated, he would speak slowly and quite simply. And he did have one thing where he would say, he, he would say everything twice to reinforce the point. So he, he would say it again to make sure you got it, which is, you know, I just did it exactly then. So that's what he used to do. Marsh just talks and talks and talks. When you, when you actually trim down Bielsa's press conferences into the things he said, it would generally, if it was a 45 minute press conference, it would be about 20 minutes of actual Bielsa words. Marsh, because he's just speaking English, 45 minutes of Marsh is 45 minutes of Marsh. And there was a lot in this. In fairness, that was his first one. Well, and then his ever... post-match was a lot as well. There's a yeah. lot of words and it's not um, changed. Do you think he's gone much. into like a, it's like the job interview and he's just babbling nervously? <laughs> I think it's just him. I think, it, um, and that's so it's not really critical. It's just how he is because he, he does a lot of podcasts and interviews and stuff and he's very, he's, you know, he loves the talk. Um, he's got all that stuff ready and so I think there's going to be a, a bombardment of it and so it's, it's just, it's a, a difference. It's a change. And you hate him. He's fine. He seems, <laughs> seems dead nice, really, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does seem like a nice bloke. I just hope that we don't completely destroy him. I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? It's all, this talk is all fine before games have been played and lost, but six games in, no wins on the board. People are going, why is he fucking talking still? <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of the yeah. sight of him. I'm sick of hearing him. I'm it, sick it, of his voice. I'm sick of his face. I hate his glasses. Yeah, it, I hate his jeans. It, it, goes, it, does, it does, doesn't it? Everything becomes a problem when the results turn because it is ultimately it's a results business you saw it with Marcelo Bielsa yeah. who has done more for this football club in the last 20 years and then there's almost I mean this is straying almost back into why did we sack him territory but if the uh, if the fixtures hadn't fallen how they were he might still have been in a job if the Liverpool game had been played when it was originally and it would have been off the back of the Arsenal game we probably would have got through that and gone okay two bad results and then if you'd had the spread between the, the scum 4-2 and then Spurs 4-0 and then you look at how Spurs then just absolutely battered Everton as well there's there's ways that without that Liverpool game in the middle we could have negotiated the Bielsa situation and stuck with him but um, because of that mad week that's what what did for him and he couldn't withstand so even our greatest manager of the last 20 years could not withstand three bad results terrible results in a week Marsh doesn't even doesn't have that kind of benefit and, the other, and that's where the kind of the the press conference persona kind of fits in because with Bielsa, you knew whatever you were getting was authentically him. We were, we were used to him for a while and realised that he's not presenting anything other than really who he is. Whereas with Marsh, there's still that kind of suspicion of how much of this kind of very coached speak is real. Yeah, it's, and, it's about authenticity, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, how, how is that going to... Uh, People latch onto it even on an unconscious level. Yeah, and it helped when you did lose games and Bielsa was there and Bielsa was Bielsa. You're fine with it. When another coach loses games, you're a little bit more tuned for what's the messaging here. Whereas Bielsa, there was never any messaging with Bielsa. It was always just like, this is my fault. I will go away and I will sort it. I don't even want to be here speaking about this. <laughs> I think that's where the, the huddle thing kind of comes in as well because we don't know what, well, there's only the clips from Marseille where you see what Bielsa was like in the dressing room. You, he would never do that in public because whatever he is saying to the players is really nobody's business. That's why he wouldn't do um, 
open training sessions because he said, if I let the press watch the training sessions, they're not going to watch my training. They're going to watch what the players are doing and how they're responding and get gossip and write stories about, um, you know, if somebody has not, because there was the big incident, you lost a tooth in a training session in South America and everybody's writing about Bielsa's got no teeth and it was all madness. It was like, I won't let you, I won't let you into any of that because you'll misinterpret it. Whereas the huddle on the pitch immediately, everyone's talking about it and we're all looking at it and we're all misinterpreting it and we're all looking for our own spin on it and, and things like that. So I'm not sure of the wisdom of doing that kind of thing. But there's been, there's, there's been quite a lot of that just generally like that presenting a United front like Radrazani's surfaced again, wanting to kind of front this one mm-hmm. out when actually we could have done with him being around, fronting it out when things were not going great. Yeah, there was never actually a, a, a video like, I will back the coach, I believe in him. There was never those, I suppose he did do that. Um, but you can't, can you? Because that's the, the dreaded vote of confidence. He did one of those, um, yeah, but people normally do them. <laughs> yeah, that's why true. they're dreaded. Um, he did do that conference. He was at a conference where he said, uh, no, I believe Coach Bielsa will take us into next season and everything will be fine and we won't go down. It was interesting that um, Peter Lowey, was visible at Leicester as well, part of the 49ers enterprises because he was there at the Spurs game and then um, went quiet while Radrizani came out and said, this was, everything has been my decision. I own all this. And then he turns up again at, at Leicester in the background saying, what? Don't know. Uh, wrapping stuff up then from the, the other teams, the 23s finally had a game. They played Spurs. Had two. Two mm. in a week. Greedy. Yes. Draw with Spurs and then... Uh, the strangely get a draw against Mansfield in the Premier League Cup, get a draw to progress. Confuses my brain in so many ways. There's three it's things... A group stage. Yeah. It's a group stage. There's three things in there that have confused my tiny brain. But I, I don't follow all the ins and outs of the Premier League Cup and it's... Uh, it was a very young side we had out yeah. in that. There were non, there were no recognised first team people in there. There was no Cresswell or Gelhard or Greenwood you, or anyone. How dare you disrespect Jack Jenkins and That's Stuart true. McKinstry. That is very true. There was, there was no one that people wanted in the first team. There was Massio Joseph. I think people would be quite keen for our mm. big January striker signing. Um, we got better as that game went on. It started quite rough, but we've got a new manager there as well. It's kind of interesting to see whether um, how the changes in the first team kind of filter down to whether the under-23s and under-18s have all been playing sort of Bielsa's football. Did they all now adapt? I gather they tried, they tried going zonally at Spurs, didn't they? Mm. By the looks of it. So um, they got straight on that, but... We'll see, how, we'll, we'll see how it goes, won't we? Hopefully they, they can stay up. That's the 23s and on to the women who lost 6-2 at Newcastle, meaning... Sack the manager. They, oh, <laughs> dearie me. Is that what you want? <laughs> no, not at all. Jesse Marsh could take charge of both teams. I mean, now they are third in the league, in fairness, which is not all that bad. No, no, but no. Only, only one team goes up and yeah. they, they can't realistically do that anymore. They're 15 points off the top, aren't they, at the minute? 4-0 um, mm. down inside 36 minutes and Newcastle lost 6-2, so they did rally around. There was no Preston turnaround, but uh, yes, so um, it looks like uh, that one is done dusted. Although it's been a good season for them, a, dis- a disrupted season at that because the weather's not helped. Another one. I mean, when you look at their league table, table I think there are teams that have played, some that have played 12 and some that have played 17, I think. It's it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, so. you can tell who has a decent pitch, basically, <laughs> um, who has somewhere to play. Are you, the, saying, uh, are you saying the underwater pitch that the, that the Leeds lady, women play on is not suitable? Less than poor Tadcaster, they need some solution there don't they just divert the river for god's sake but um, drainage tried not being on a floodplain yeah it's um it's a perennial uh problem flooding is a problem but also division one north at this level tends to just get dominated by a team and with them only being one to go up there are two teams dominating at this season liverpool feds and newcastle have only lost 
a game each. And then the, the difference is that Newcastle drew one that Liverpool have won. So yeah, Liverpool's record, 13 wins, no draws, one defeat, scored 38, conceded eight. And then down at the bottom, you've got a team who've not won a single game all season. Yeah, it's a real bastard of a division to get up out of, which is one of the reasons why Leeds United have been in there for a long time. So could do with a, a route out. Are you pleased to have Jesse around? Of course. Seems like a nice fella, doesn't he? I dare say across this week, he's had quite a lot of issues to sort out. For example, you know, getting into the country and stuff, it's not that easy, is it? You've got to get a work permit. So if you needed somebody like who could deal with immigration issues... Mm-hmm. And uh, employment issues. Employment issues, yeah. Having to sort of draw up contracts and that kind of thing. All fine and good. Then he's going to need a house. Residential conveyancing. There's a lot of stuff. You mean like what you might find you need is a, a solicitor who could do all that. Mm. It's easiest to get it in one place. Absolutely. Um, you could like could call one number, go to one website. Can you see where this is leading? I, I think I can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> is it leading to uh, Levi, what are they called? Levi solicitors? Yes, it is. And do you know what's even better? What's the cherry on the icing on the cake here? Is it a discount of some sort? Yeah. And we know Jesse obviously is going to listen to this. And I hope he did before we're saying this. Because then he could have got 10% off his legal fees um, if he'd gone through. Is that only available to Jesse? Uh, it's available to everybody. So you be be more like Jesse might have been. Should have been. Saying. Yeah. Don't make the same mistake as Jesse probably did. Yeah, don't don't pay all your legal fees. Just pay 90% of them. You can get 10% off at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And it's not just immigration and residential conveyancing, employment issues, personal dispute resolution. And it's not just that. He might want to, while he's here, deal with some wills and probate. You need to get them sorted at some point, don't you? You do, absolutely do. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Doing part two now, then, where we will look ahead to Villa on Thursday and Norwich on Sunday and six points and a safe navigation away from promotion 
and we'll come back in next week and we'll go, <laughs> Away from promotion. Uh, relegation, you know what I mean? That's, Europe. That's, that's to come. Yes. Yeah. Let's just win these two, eh? That'll just make it all so much easier. I feel like the way this season's going, it's going to be three points and another week of neither here nor there. Well, what represents a good outcome from these two games? Four? Four, I think, is just about acceptable. Zero points we are down. <laughs> is what I would have to is what I would conclude because realistically if we don't beat Norwich we're in serious serious bother I why because they are terrible this is our this is our easiest home game of the season yeah. coming up this week so we've got to win it and Villa I know they've had a weird turnaround beating Brighton who have as you've always pointed out Moscow they reached their allotment of allotted wins don't well, they for the season it. they were they were tracking so far ahead of their allotted wins they were like well Back. We're going to have to pull this back in, otherwise we're going to be like 14 wins there. They've, got, you know, so, they've uh, got seven, haven't they? And they're only yeah. allocated nine per season. Well, they only allocate themselves yeah, nine, nine per season. season. They do it to themselves. And they've got us to play in their penultimate game. And they want to end the season on a high. So I don't think they can win again until um, it's us and then I think they end against Arsenal. So that'll be their two wins to get them up to nine <laughs> um, between now and then. Fortunately, I think they kind of... They're keeping their little noses out of the relegation battle from here on. I don't think they're playing any more teams that we need them to beat. So we can forget about Brighton for a while, but they had that being perpetually, typically irritating. Villa are quite interesting to me in that the same accusation is being levelled at them that was levelled at us, which was they've only got one way to play. They only tend to play in one way, which is quite expansive. Give the ball to Coutinho. Yeah, Coutinho yeah. Is, in, is in good form. So it'll be interesting to see how our style contrast with what we did a few weeks ago which was obviously to put three goals past them but we're going to be a lot tighter you would imagine and hopefully deny Coutinho the space to play in when we play him at Ellen Road on Thursday night I mean to highlight Coutinho how many games has he actually played for them now it's it's really not many and already he is three assists three goals which is a pretty good return you'd have to mm. say for, for someone who arrived in January and if you look at the rest of their team he's kind of up there with the best of them already having having only arrived a few weeks ago so he's he's made a huge difference to them already and I think if we can just injure him as quickly as possible, that we'll, seems we'll, fair. we'll probably be fine. Yeah, It's really irritated me, this, because <laughs> they, um, they've been struggling for the last few weeks. There was like two defeats, um, drew with us, beat Everton, but everyone could do that. It was uh, scum, then there was four defeats before that, um, including going out of the FA Cup to scum. So they've not been in brilliant form, Gerard, and that's with uh, Coutinho involved. And the problem has been, can we have Coutinho and our record signing Emiliano Buendia in the same team? And the solution at the weekend, and I think the game before, was no. So we'll just stick our record signing, who we spent all, like, half the Grealish money on in summer, on the bench, and just forget about him, and we'll just have Coutinho now. It's like, it's, it's just, it's how stupid everything in the Premier League is, and how barely competent chief executives get lauded as saviours of football when they could just go, oh, we spent 40 million on somebody and he's rubbish. So we'll get Coutinho and everyone will think we're brilliant. Mm. Good strategising, guys. And then, and the thing is, it works because now Coutinho is um, tearing up Southampton and um, they win that 4-0. And yeah, the route to beating teams 4-0 is to drop the guys that they were building the team around three months ago who they spent a fortune on. And everyone's going like, well, we haven't we done brilliantly this season? Well done. I'll tell you what, let's pay ourselves a bonus at the end of the year because we've finished 12th. <laughs> so Against I, modern football. I have big, big problems with Aston Villa. Even just Gerard being there, I think he's not doing anything, is he? 
squeaking at them. And that's his whole solution. <laughs> Trying to put uh, Wendia and Coutinho in the team is too difficult. And Coutinho's his mates. So it's like, I'll just drop the other one. Mm. I didn't sign him. Do you feel personally affronted on behalf of Wendia, or is it just the nature of football? It's just the nature of football. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree, but. Wendia you, was a real moaning little shit in the, the game yeah. with Hiller Park, do you remember as well? He spent an awful lot of time rolling around trying to get free kicks. Mm. I mean, I think as well, going into this Villa game, that Leeds fans, we get ourselves into a, an awful state of anxiety, and I'm guilty of it as well. And then I often remember as these games come closer, we're never as bad as everybody fears. We're a, mu- you, we're a much better team. Did you see Liverpool and Spurs no, games? Yeah, no, that's Manchester City. Exceptional circumstances. No, but in games like this, I mean, in games like this, <laughs> where we're playing against other not top six. Did you see the Everton game? Didn't see that one. <laughs> no, but you you understand what the point I'm trying to make is that you yeah. know, like we, we've had a we've had a fresh start this last week. We looked good against Leicester. If we can repeat that against Villa, deny their good players space in the middle, I think we give ourselves a chance because we've proven we can score against them. We've got good players. If you were to make up a combined Villa and Leeds team, mm. we've got a lot of players in there. It's not like when you play Man City and you go, okay, fair enough. None of our players even get on their bench. It's fine to lose this game, not seven nil, admittedly. Games that you can expect to compete in. Aston Villa is definitely one of them. We should be aiming to win this game. Yeah, and I, and I don't see why we can't give ourselves the chance to do so either. I mean, we might not win, but I'm, I'm confident we'll win this. At this point last season, we'd have been looking at our next three games and going, yeah, three winnable matches there. Not a problem. It's just because we're in this horrible slump that it feels incredibly difficult to ever win, well, ever win a game everything's again. Everything's underpinned by anxiety, and I just I just think we're, we're better than we've let on this season. And with Marsh now at the helm, hopefully they feel confident enough to go out there and do it. And it's probably going to be nervy because of where we are, a bit precarious and all the rest of it, but let's just get it done. I think Marsh makes the nerves worse because I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> I yeah. think the, the thing about this, I mean, I know Coutinho had his like quarter hour game saver against us a few weeks ago, but the way Villa played against Southampton with they had a diamond with Coutinho at the top of it and then Watkins and, and Ings, they overran midfield. So they beat Southampton in, in midfield. And the way Bielsa would have countered that, we know exactly what it would have been. It would have been mark every player and just let Tyrone Mings have the ball and try and keep everybody else out of it so they can't be any danger. We're not going to be doing that. So we're going to have, if it's the same as Leicester, it's Click and Cock in midfield against Coutinho, Ramsey, McGinn and Louise. So immediately there's like a tactical situation there that under Bielsa, I know how that would have worked and whether it did the job or not, whether we, we lost the game or not would have been a separate thing, but I know what it would have been. With this, I'm kind of turning up waiting to see is Marsh going to put three in midfield? Are we going to match them up? Will there be a difference? Will, will we put somebody on Coutinho just to keep him quiet? What are we going to do? So there's an, there's an added kind of because I'm not familiar with what Marsh is likely to do, I have that extra anxiety of like, well, he has got he's got an extra opportunity to screw it up, hasn't he? <laughs> Whereas with Bielsa, I know that we would go out and play our game, and it would either work or it wouldn't. So there was a certain amount of but kind it's of certainty against variables, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the thing with the the rest of the season to an extent is kind of if you like, I did think Bielsa would have kept us up anyway, then that certainty is gone. Like I'm not as confident. It sounds weird after we lost, what was the score that week? It was, you know, 20 goals to two or whatever it was. To think I'm now less confident about staying up because the manager who was presiding over us getting spanked 6-0 all the time has gone. But um, 
that's just the nature of the unknown, isn't mm-hmm. it? But we could also, I mean, I think you're right where we can build Aston Villa up into something that they're not just because they have Coutinho. It'd and be interesting to see what... They also have Danny Ings, so... Who's, who's also quite good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it will be interesting to see what he does with the selection here because there actually are some options now, I think, because Forshaw was injured, so came off, they came off the bench, didn't he? But he could play, which could allow Cock to move back into defence, which could allow Ayling to go to right back. Urente might be back as well. Which releases Dallas to play somewhere else, potentially. We've got Bamford probably getting some game time in this one, you would imagine. Half an hour, 45 We've got, we've got no Tyler Roberts from the bench, which yeah. is the, the go-to option for every every manager. So, yeah, interesting to see how this one pans out. Mm. I, I don't honestly know what he'll do at all. What do you think then? Maybe Rodrigo up top, does he put in Gelhart? Or does he stick with Dan James? I mean, because Dan James caused them trouble, didn't he, down there, you see? Well, that's the other thing is we have them the option of it being two. So there's kind of now, there's a, before when it was just Bamford or A or another, just one one slot to, to hit. You can have James and Gelhart or you can have James and Rodrigo. And then if they're all, if the wingers are moving in and everyone's swapping positions, I think that's maybe, I don't know whether, I don't know what Gelhart's ability to kind of move out to the wing if Rafinha's moving inside is like whether that kind of that's something that he's ever tried doing before because he's you know he's still a kid so that might take him time to get the hang off but I would um, you know looking at the the thing with when it was just one up front you could see okay Dan James and it will will cause that chaos that he'll cause tackling the goalkeepers it's a shame he didn't do more damage to Casper Schmeichel given the opportunity and then hope that Rafinha and uh, Harrison coming off the wings or whoever score with two there's more of a case now for like well let's get Gelhart on from the start because he can finish and that's the one thing that we're, we're just not doing at the moment is, is finish how uh, do you think I mean we don't know do we I mean I guess we're falling back on the point of we don't quite know how this one's going to go we don't know how we're going to line up we don't know what the tactics are going to be let's just hope for the best <laughs> I think four points would be fine but it'll be three what do you reckon Moscow I'm, I'm just going to stick with the old daft optimism and say let's get six well, we've not even talked about Norwich. Are we just assuming we beat them? Well, we've, well we have. We kind of have to. We, we do have to, really. Even if we beat Villa, if we then don't beat Norwich, that'll feel somehow incredibly depressing. Because they're, they're not very good. Because they are shit. Yeah. Even if Norwich beat us, I don't think they'll win another game all season. So <laughs> it wouldn't actually be that big a deal. It would just be really depressing. No, I mean, I think it would be quite a big deal because you'd probably put us in the relegation zone. But what if everybody else loses as well? I think that's not something we can necessarily fall back on as a hope now. Let's hope it ha- does happen, but I think we need to start winning our games, don't you? I think everybody else losing is as likely as Norwich beating us. There. Fox, you now have that QED. I'm pretty sure statistically that is wildly inaccurate. Don't, well, who's talking about statistics? I'm talking about football. <laughs> okay, that's a good argument. Not on about the thing you thought I was on. I'm about. a football man. <laughs> and what I've seen with my eyes, I'm going to say anyway. We will hammer Norwich all over the place. And it's going to be hilarious. So that's good. Because we could, if we do beat them, then, you know, Norwich are definitely gone. Yes. Given they are likely to lose to Chelsea this, this midweek, it would it would need them to get probably five wins from what would be nine games uh, yeah it's just not happening it's not going to happen and it'll be great as well because we can have uh, Dean Smith at Elland Road really weeping about the injustice of oh why if only we'd been allowed to play Chelsea on Wednesday we would have had more time to prepare for Leeds who also played on Thursday as if uh, they're the only ones who don't have time and you know 
He's talking about, oh, we would have more coaching time. He's had them for months. What more can Dean Smith tell these useless idiots that he's not already told them? Play better. That's all he needs. That's the coaching that's needed at Norwich City. The problem is Norwich, Norwich is too far away from everywhere as well. So if they didn't have to spend as long travelling, they could he spend knew, more time. He knew where it was when he took the job, yeah. I, I imagine. They could think about moving, moving Norwich somewhere Move else. the club. Yeah. Mm. If they wanted to have a bit more time coaching, less time in tra- uh, transit, might work. Move them to Milton Keynes. They need a Premier League team. That'd be funny. They need a football team, don't they? <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, I, I view these two as Norwich, we've got no alternative but to win, so I'm predicting a win because I didn't think about the alternative. Villa is more rooted in hope. I hope that we get a good, strong performance against them, which we're capable of. So... Yeah, six points. If we come are coming in here next week with zero points, it is going to be we won't be awful. I think we'll beat them both because um, Villa will get the new manager bounce that was not there at um, Leicester. I want more from Villa than just kind of like you know better defensive performance, but we lost two 0 That's not good at this stage, is it? No, I take a point against them, but I would like just to get some momentum going, and we were close to beating them at Villa Park. It was really just Should have Coutinho done. having that 15 minutes. Um, let them go and they, although they, you know, they did batter basically Red Bull Southampton for nil at the weekend. We can do. Southampton looked in that game really bad at what they were doing. They've been on a good run of form for ages in terms of like not losing games and picking up results. But um, Southampton do this though, don't they? Yeah. They just occasionally throw in nine nils which is an unheard of result and they've done they've managed two haven't they in the last few seasons which yeah is... they lose 9-0 once a year and even this year they did they lost um they lost big somewhere didn't they lost 4-0 liverpool suppose everybody loses liverpool but they they've been in um decent form so they were due this and it happened and they did just look tired and like they could be bothered like it was just a weird performance so not necessarily indicative of like a tactical mismatch i hope <laughs> well it remains to be seen doesn't it we'll see what happens and um Tune in for the match ball after both those games. Uh, Thursday night, Sunday afternoon. and uh, let's... The traditional football times. Yes. I'm really looking forward to it, I have to say, this week. I think I just want... I think because I want this you season... Need, you just need to feel something. I think because I want this season out of the way, I'm glad we've got two games in quick succession. I'd, yeah. I'd play them all next week if we could. Just squeeze them. <laughs> one day after the other. Just play them all. Play one game back, one game straight onto the next. Just get rid of them. Get this season done with. Yes, feeling something <laughs> in a life where I'm otherwise numb. <laughs> <laughs> there we go right so well we'll see what happens that wraps up the uh, the preview section I just hope that we can have some nice days between now and the end of the season and we can forget this ever happened in this bit we're going to pick our Ken Bates Villain of the Week and our Gitano Berardi Hero of the Week first let's do the Ken Bates Villain of the Week award somebody who made us feel as miserable as Ken Bates did with his long extended stay at Ellen Road as our former owner chairman and property developer well, current owner, chairman, and soon-to-be property developers got several uh, ah. got several nominations. This because we didn't do the normal format last week. They kind of dodged a bullet in truth because when I look, went onto the feedback form, you can see the nominations from last week, and it was very Radrazani, stroke board, stroke forty nine is heavy. As it is, they've got a bit of a bit of stick this week still from the the Bielsa fallout. I love the uh, the idea that they dodged a bullet. Oh, <laughs> oh, they could have been. Given villain awards off of a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're lucky. How they don't know how covers. lucky they are. Yes, we've got our um, nominations from the feedback form as submitted by our TSB Plus members. Yeah, I mean, people not really appreciating Radazani's uh, visual presence before the game at Leicester, which I don't think is necessarily for the best. It's one of those where you've kind of got to batten down the hatches now until the summer, haven't you? And then 
you surface afterwards and either own it and say we fucked up or we did it just at the right time. One of the two. And it's going to be one of the two, let's face it. Um, who else? John Terry. Armando Sazda, which mm. is a good name. Nominates him. He did... I mean, he's, he's a, an idiot at the best of times, but he was particularly tone deaf this week, wasn't he? Tweeting out a picture of... Uh, I, I assume this is why. His, his support for Roman Abramovich this week, tweeting out a picture of him saying he was the greatest or yeah. something like that. He might, have, he might have been talking about himself. He didn't specify which one of the two of them in the photo it was. Very, very true. But you just think, not now, John. Yeah. Please. Leeds players also got a nomination from Yorkie Dave. L- loads of them. <laughs> yeah. Quite frank. Do you know, I don't think we've mentioned Furpo at all, have we? In any of these shows today. In any of these yeah. shows. Yeah, he's, he's on his list. Dallas, Furpo, Cock, Click, All Poor Today. I, I don't think they all were. Furpo's weird. I felt like he was, he benefited from not being as exposed on that wing, but then he did put in... What, did, is, what is it about Junior Furpo running over to the right-hand attacking wing <laughs> position that caused you to have nightmares, Michael? And he did lay on the best chance of the game, but then occasionally his touch is just awful like he'll just try to control a really quite a basic ball and it'll go miles away but then again he's never had a run of games has he so maybe it'll start improving maybe 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 he just sometimes seems to have like his brain vacates his head he's got straw in his head like and just does something it does a madness I mean the tactics were part of that madness before probably but yeah I know what you mean BT Sport gets a nomination for their man of the match selection Rich AD picked out um, because it was Casper that got it wasn't it Yes, and also he also nominates Jermaine Beckford, who was on there for telling them how to score, <laughs> which I'm sure they weren't directly listening to. But yeah, there you go. It feels harsh, but he has played for both clubs. That's that's worth. Yes, he, le- yes, Leicester fans love him. Worth mentioning. Um, again, we've got another nomination for referees in VAR. Are we talking now about the penalty claim, the the touch of the foot, the, the handball, the not handball? It's also tiresome, isn't it? Yeah, for uh, Lee and Cheese wants to nominate specifically. Whoever avoided Chelsea the penalty for the click challenge on Rudiger, it was Chris Kavanagh was the referee for that game. Frank Lampard's famous nemesis, Chris. So um, he's nominated in great retrospect. And he, did one. he and did he send us an apology letter? Did we ask for one? Did did the dads have to get together at the school and agree to all get on nicely after this one? <laughs> but we didn't, we've not even have we even mentioned, mentioned Lampard getting a apology from the referee we yeah, it last yeah. week we? I can't yeah I threw something <laughs> yeah you, you <laughs> threw the calculator across oh, the game so angry about it that um, yeah things got thrown but um, yeah still sickening now but the thing is Lampard is just running out of people to blame isn't he eventually he will just be alone in a darkened room looking into a mirror with Ashley Cole massaging his shoulders maybe he'll, well he'll be blaming Ashley Cole in that I'm trying to get him to the point where he's on his own with nowhere else to blame okay. but if Ashley Cole's there he'll be like Bloody hell, Ashley. Could have sorted his hair. Otherwise, <laughs> turned into a gangster all of a sudden. <laughs> Some players then from... Uh, Goodness me, Ashley. From Sunday's game. Soyun Chu got picked out for uh, for being dire uh, every week, apart from against Leeds, when he has a decent game against us. Stephen picked that out. And Molly Ryan picking out his hair, which I think is unfair, because if uh, he says for achieving a lion's mane that um, only, men can only dream of, but there's one mane on that pitch which is easily better, which is Pascal Strauch's. Luke Ailings is also better, I would say. So yeah. we don't we don't need to be envying the the Leicester haircuts here. It's all sort better of, players as well. He looks like an elf from Lord of the Rings, you know, because he's kind of got it sort of tucked behind the ears, but then mm. down the neck. I think it's receding as well. It looks because he has it scraped back. It's kind of revealing the hairline, and I think it's. Okay. I don't yeah. think it's going to age well. It's going to go very status quo in a year or two. Uh, you're projecting. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I've cut mine to an appropriate length for the amount of hair I have. <laughs> Uh, Barnes and Schmeichel were picked up by a number of people actually it's funny how these, these were all lumped together really uh, as the two um, targets for people's ire 
the saves by Schmeichel and obviously he's humorless and uh, that's quite an interesting mangling of Schmeichel's name it's it's got that interesting combination of S's and H's and C's and <laughs> M's and E's and I's doesn't it so we know what you mean Cal it's near yeah. enough yeah. that's what but it's just Casper the Bastard Schmeichel mm. um, which is fine and yeah Barnes for scoring against us all the time they were the big villains because they were the match winners at both ends weren't they yeah. they really shone the light onto themselves as conspicuous knobs uh, Peck Sniff is mentioned Cockwomble there in the uh, in the comments. Um, I mean, Schmeichel is so just unlikable, isn't he? He's done a lot of nice things in his life. But did you see the, the thing? He's a really good the, keeper as well. Which is yeah, it's, but kind of, it's kind of annoying. We did you him. see the thing that did the rounds in this last week or so of uh, the? I think was it? Is, is it? There's an interview dad's... with his dad in four four two. Oh, it was an interview. I was thinking autobiography, but yeah, it was a bunch no, of it's... questions that were thrown at him, and he was like, "No, no, we'll skip that one. No, I don't really want to say anything about that one. Yeah, no, not that one." Asking him like jokey stuff about what went on in the changing room and he's like I'm not even going to discuss anything yeah. that went on in the changing room that's sacrosan the one that really stood out to me was um, he was uh, getting back at people who because he'd gone he'd said he would never play for another club in England after leaving Scum and then he came back to Man- Manchester City and a lot of Scum fans were obviously annoyed about that and he's like well no they've completely misinterpreted it what I uh, didn't want was that at, um, at Old Trafford I had to play 60 games a season because we were in Europe all the time Whereas at uh, Manchester City, I've only had to play 20 games a season and that's much more in keeping with what I met, uh, want to do at this stage of my career. Is this like, what kind of attitude is that? <laughs> I'd rather go to Manchester City because they're shit and they don't have to play as often. <laughs> so that's why I'm there. And they're paying me. Strange, strange sense of humour. I don't, he wasn't even trying to be, there was absolutely no humour there whatsoever. That's the big Schmeichel problem. There like, is none. Like father, like son, etc. Um, sports washing gets a mention by Scrooge McHutch. Um Chelsea, Roman Abramovich, Newcastle, Everton. <laughs> yeah, it does sign off with at least it'll not happen in the Championship and then in brackets, but it's joking. does describe the, um, the Madame Tussauds figurine that moves money for Newcastle, <laughs> which is, yeah, she was also saying, oh, I don't think it's... It's not fair. Think it's, I don't think it? it's really fair that we're going to judge these people on the horrific people that they are or mix with. Let's not judge them on mm. that. Let's let's just look at the football. Eh? If you do have a photo of them together as mates, you're not punishing somebody for nothing really are you no just either don't say anything or own it one of the two so yeah we don't care well they do own it they own this everything punditry and Jake Humphrey gets a mention as well I mean we should say as well we should we should probably introduce a, a new section to this show and every show that we do actually about Jake Humphrey just to show our gratitude for him inventing podcasting in 2020 because mm. um, you can go all the way back to 2010 for when we started this podcast Powered by steam and hamsters. Yeah, but it wasn't even it wasn't real until Jake made it so. So thank you, Jake. He also yeah, did yeah. that lovely um, Karen Carney tribute when Leeds United had her murdered, didn't he? Which was he had to open the the show with a big section of it, and it was like, "Well done, Jake. You've made this all about you. Fantastic." If anybody's missed this social media contretemps between Jake and his Barry Glenn Denning off the Guardian Football Weekly, it's their battle, really, isn't it? But it was uh, Humphrey pointing out that they're. I didn't even know he did a podcast, to be honest, but his podcast apparently sold out some London arena. And he's like, if you told me in 2020 that this niche platform that I had to be persuaded to lower myself to be involved with would be selling out arenas, well, what a visionaries we were. Where, um, yeah, back in uh, 2000... And- Slightly paraphrasing, but that was the thrust of it. <laughs> back in 2010, I mean, we were, we were far from being the first, but the uh, having to send this out on wax cylinders to the... <laughs> With nothing, There's three but, uh, people who who cared to hear it. With nothing but high-profile coverage of the Premier League and Formula One, and an enormous 
contact book to fall back on and a big budget. Yeah, it's amazing how they made a success of that, I isn't it? Carved this thing out. Vladimir Putin gets nominated by Boney M. Not nothing football specific, and like you know, maybe like like Newcastle, Newcastle's owner. We could just say let's just talk about football. It's nothing to do with anything. However, have you seen that there is an emo- uh, an emergency, an emergency transfer window that's been opened? Like as of basically now, and we've got a month. If we want to hoover up any Ukrainian or Russian players, they've all been released from their contracts. So maybe a chance to get in, maybe a midfielder, something. Are you like saying we should look to profit from a war? Yes. Okay. Because well, all, all morals have gone out the window now. I'm we, not we know, we, we know about we, that. with Bielsa leaving, that's it. We're just an amoral football club now, normal, like everybody else. So let's capitalize on this humanitarian disaster. Except, you know, you know what I mean. Anyway, Jesse's jeans mentioned by Wisconsin Todd. What do you reckon to the jeans on the on the touchline? It's all very uh, very chill, isn't it? It's not a suit. It's not a tracksuit. It's some sort of uh, halfway house between the two. They were a little too bleached for my taste. I've got. A, I saw criticism and I thought, have I got a pair of jeans that colour? I might have. They seem and to be grey stonewashed. And they? I did check mine are not as pale as that. Right. They're definitely a toned dark. I don't think they were they were like light pale blue stonewashed. I think they were grey. They looked grey. Yeah, they, oh, they were yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. They weren't like sort of Bruce Springsteen in the late 80s kind of stonewashed, which mm. I would go for. Yeah. Wisconsin Todd, who uh, nominated these jeans, is from the same part of the world as, uh, as Jesse. He says, I am rooting for my fellow cheese head, but those jeans will be on the pale. So I think he, if he's losing um, goodwill from his hometown, then it's, uh, a, lot of cheese it's a bad start. Yeah, you've got to keep the cheese heads on side. Wisconsin Todd also has a go at pundits for the, the going straight for the Ted Lasso stuff, which is a bit... It's the new bucket, isn't he it? He describes it as low-hanging fruit, which yeah. is exactly what it is. And we would never, because <laughs> we would never make the easy joke, would we? No, hell no. Although, I mean, you know, obviously we've done the sort of Leeds Carajo stuff that surrounded Bielsa. Maybe now the next line in merch is giant cheese heads. <laughs> if we're going to really cash in. Shame, sure. shame we've got that buttercup going. It would... Uh, well, it would it's the cheese natural, is the next... It's the next progression. Natural evolution, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, we've had, we had the milk cup in the 80s, which is now the... What is it, what is it now? The Carabao milk cup. We've brought out the buttercup over on the extra ball. Admittedly, not a real competition. Something, no. Just something we're doing. Cheese is the next step. The hardening of dairy products. Yeah, Parmesan Cup coming your way soon a few years time anyway I think that's all the nominations isn't it who's going to be the uh, the villain of the week it's a real split between Barnes and Schmeichel and our board I mean I am I am thoroughly sick of Barnes I've got to say the goal he scored at Ellen Road was really rude as well yeah. the, the angle that went, went in from was ridiculous he is directly responsible for a lot of misery this week and he was the season we failed to sign him was the failed promotion season wasn't it yeah. mm-hmm. so if he just arrived then we'd have probably gone up that season. Yes, and where would we be now? Already down? Accelerated things? I don't know. (laughs) We could be getting promoted from the Championship this season again if he'd have signed in that season. We'd be in the Premier League with Kamar Roof, which would have been interesting as kind of the the first choice number nine head of Pat Bamford. Who else did we have? We'd never have signed Ben White. Samu Saez could have got his spit in his way around the division. It depends how that that season pans out. Everything changes. Samu and... I suppose he's only gone on a lot. No, he'd, he'd gone all together by that point. Bar- ah, but he strikes up a really good friendship with Barnes. Oh, the two okay. of them become inseparable. Samu and Harvey. And him and Barry Douglas, maybe down the left, having a great time together. Yeah, that's mm. it. We'd have Barry Douglas at left-back. Gianni Alioski would never have been our saviour at left-back. So we're saying that basically Harvey Barnes is out-shitting, sports-washing and Putin this week. It does seem... Yeah, giving it a bit of Putin. But it's not... It's about Leeds United, isn't it? This, yes. This yes he seems more strictly relevant to our very narrow sports worldview. Yeah, I, th- I think Barnes feels like your obvious candidate. 
and we can we can judge the merits of the appointment at the end of the season, can't we? Let's get onto the Katana Baradi Hero of the Week award. Tough week. Nobody is uh, nominated. It's this is like on uh, some of the, like those elections that you can get with reopened nominations run on the ballot slip where, mm-hmm. where nobody is allowed to win it. It's been the shittiest week imaginable, so no one says Widow Obielsa. Probably fair. There are some um, nominations for Leeds players. Dallas gets a nomination, which I was a bit surprised at, given he got done for the goal. But <laughs> losing my religion, wanted to put him forward. A couple of nominations for Cock. Yeah, I mean, even these are reluctant, though. Cock, I guess, was pretty good. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's not ex- exactly enthusiastic, is it? Yeah, look, look Wisconsin Todd saying he looked more confident in his role, which I think is true, uh-huh. playing in midfield. I still would rather he was a centre-back, to be honest. Jesse gets some nominations as well, just for coming into a, a bad environment and speaking well and leading the team to a good performance. I mean, he didn't have to. He could have just stayed away and we could have carried on with Bielsa and I feel nobody would have gone through the last week of grief. feel like you're going to get picked up on this a bit, Moscow. I don't care. Uh, it's his choice. He's not, it's not a heroic move. He's got a job. He's taken it. He's taken what comes with it. Okay. Um, I wish him well. I hope he does uh, a good job. You just wish he wasn't here in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Basically. <laughs> I don't think I'm alone in that that view. Hashtag welcome Jesse. Yes, well, great. He's uh, getting he's you know, he is getting support and I am included in that. I just wish I didn't have to. Um, you're he's also it, supporting Tyler nice. Roberts as well, aren't you? Well, I wish his hamstring you know, there's a picture of him on Instagram in his hospital bed in the 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 smock and he's giving a thumbs up and a, a smile to the people that don't send him constant streams of abuse on social media so I hope he um, doesn't hurt I mean we, we were talking earlier on in the show about lazy jokes so do we need to repeat all the uh, best performance of the season nominations that have come in for Roberts and so on bless him and yeah I do feel sorry for him well he's not our problem for a while now is he Let's, it, it'll be quite nice to not have to talk about him truthfully for a little while I do not I wish him injured but it's it's kind of boring he, he, to go he was, to always have to talk about Tyler Roberts because he always he does always come on. I think he was just the symbol of a, of the wider situation, wasn't he? He was the one who everybody zeroed in on. He was the lightning rod for all that, which wasn't his fault. Interesting that Marsh chose to bring him on though, because he has worked with him for a period now, and he obviously has seen something about him that he thought was worth bringing on. So, yeah. and I don't think Marsh actually got any nominations for injuring him, did he? But, well, not that he injured him, but he I'm sure it didn't help to leave him hobbling around occasionally having to try and pass a football no. 10 if, yards. If I'd torn my hamstring, I wouldn't want to be in the middle of a Premier League football match. I'd probably find it a breeze otherwise. Mm. <laughs> Easy these things, as we know. You'd have to get, probably you'd have to give some other players a yard because of the pace. Yeah, maybe stand off them just a little bit. First yard's in the head, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's, you don't always need to be touch tight, mm. do you? Yeah. Um, just give yourself the chance to, to match them physically. Bielsa, nominated for being a hero. Just for being Bielsa, more or less. But yeah, it's... Um, and and also the fans who turned up to meet him at Thorpe Arch as well, which was uh, it was. I'm glad someone was there to see him. Although he still seems to be knocking about, doesn't he? There, there are pictures of him mooching about Weatherby still. I don't know how long he's planning on staying. Maybe mm. forever. He's welcome to. I mean, it was a sudden change. You wasn't expecting to be having to move. Maybe he's got builders in at the ranch back in Argentina. And he's to give them time to finish what they're doing. And you know, if you've not planned to move halfway across the world, I imagine it takes a bit. of time to sort of gather together everything that you need to do to uh although to make that happen suitcase will probably be quite light because he's probably given all the uh Leeds United club wear mm. back to the club and he's just got his uh his four regulation adidas track suits well we know he's we know he is a, a frugal man he's maybe he's just got a few months left on his lease and he's thinking no i'm not using that mm. i'm paying 700 pounds a month for this flat I'll, i'm not a, gonna have a nice holiday in uh i'm not gonna use part of my 
twenty million pound fortune to <laughs> to to get out of this any sooner. I mean, he has spent the last sort of four years completely embedding himself into the community, as we heard with some of the people on the propaganda podcasts who were talk phoning in, and you know, he's got a lot of maybe it's just he's got a lot of good buys to make, or maybe it's just that he just likes living in Weatherby and was quite happy, and so nothing else to do, just keep living in Weatherby and keep enjoying the day-to-day life that he hoped would last longer than it did. Well, maybe he can get to see a bit of the country now. We know he works ridiculously hard. He probably doesn't have as long as he would like. He can go and, you know, he can, he can go to, to Featherstone, finally. Yeah. These places that he's probably just seen on a map. The Royal Armouries. You know, is is Manningham really a place? Let's go. It is. That sort of thing. It's you got, know, he's got a park and everything. Exactly. He's going to get to go, go on this grand tour of Yorkshire now. Yeah. All the sites. The riding centre in Wakefield. I like to think I'll bump into him. Maybe, I don't know, down at Sports Direct, somewhere at Foster Square in Bradford. Exactly. Going to get the kids some new trainers. Marcelo's in there just looking at the different footballs. He did end up in uh, Wilco's in Brighouse, didn't he? Did he? It's one of the photos of him quite early on. I think it was his first season. He was in Wilco's in Brighouse. I think it turned out that the um, club dentist was in, like, around that part of the world. And so he'd been to have his teeth looked at and just popped into Wilco's on the way. Home, I guess, but yeah, of all the like, it was of all the places he turned up because obviously Weatherby, Morrison's, and Costa are on his doorstep. That's fine. <laughs> what the hell is he doing? He might have needed a new broom handle. Who knows? Or a tin of paint for his decking. You can get a, it's a good range of stuff. <laughs> yeah, deodorants, shower gels, pet stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't get any pets, did he? But yeah, creosote, yep. absolutely everything at Wilco's. Great. Yeah. Can't knock it. Can't fault their effort. Great but, bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads. Wilco's. Right, I feel like we've gone off piece. I mean, we've got a few other nominations here as well um, for some of our players. Whatever. It does feel. Do we do we want to give this to Bielsa just to bookend it and say thank you, and then we close the door on that until the end of the season? Then we never speak of him again. Yeah, I'll start tearing these. That I'll smash the head off the uh, the Bielsa gnome in a minute. I'll pull all the pictures down. I will still be speaking about him between now and the end. Of the <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, I, like in terms of this, award- spoil spoil the future for anybody. But I'm not going to stop talking about. <laughs> Marcelo Bielsa. But in terms of this award, Moscow, I feel like just to bookend the era because last week was a great outpouring of of grief and feeling and all the rest of it and now we're back to the normal format. We give him this award just to say thank you. As it stands, he's won more recently than Jesse Marsh, hasn't he, as a Leeds manager. So That's true. You know, give it to him for that. And Jesse, book your ideas up for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. Is it Bielsa's then? Are you fine, Tooth? Yeah. Go along with that? Mm Mm-hmm. Good. I can sense your enthusiasm, lads. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sad giving it to him, isn't it? It's... It is, yeah. It, it, but it's been a draining and an emotional week. I kind of managed to start rationalising it by about Wednesday last week. I think we did the Phil Hayshaw on Wednesday, didn't we? Um, because the media day up at Thorpe Arch was on Thursday. So we went a day early on that. And I think by the time that came around, I'd kind of, uh, I was all cried out, as I the phrase goes. I think it's partly why I'm looking forward to getting back to Allen Road as well, because you need a bit of a reset on it. You need to go back to the place to see what it's like. At, Afresh, yeah. It's like, well, that that full of singing for Marcelo Bielsa. Well, it, well, it will be, but that's it's going to be weird. Isn't that's it? part of it, though. It needs to be done a bit. I mean, it'll it'll be done for thirty years, I would imagine, or more. Probably people will still. It'll be it'll be the song that he's brought out when we're six 0 down at Liverpool in twenty forty. People will just think, oh, should we sing? Should we sing about Bielsa? Something to do. It it'll never stop, will it? In truth, but I feel like it's important to have that. No, should it? That moment of. Mind you, we're going back into Ellen Road and just experiencing a game there again. And we don't still sing Sergeant Wilco's Barmy Army, do we? But it's funny. I, I don't know if this is maybe a product of the social media media era and saturation coverage of everything that people try and find a thing to identify with and cling on to. Maybe that's what's different about Bielsa is that he's done it in this era. 
there should be more about Wilco, shouldn't there? Is the is the simple answer to that that we yeah. we we sing more about Don Matteo scoring at the San Siro than we do about winning a league title, which is which is not fair. But it is it is a generation ago as well, if not more. <laughs> More now. It feels like it's been the blinking of an eye. I hate to break but, it to you, but so was Don Matteo's goal. <laughs> but, well, that was a generation. It was two generations ago, really, wasn't it? And um, the league title. But still, it's still there. But yeah, it's funny, isn't it? What a strange week it's been. And yeah, and, and I think that was the idea of going back to normal was a thing that was hard to get your head around when we were all in the, the midst of the immediate aftermath and all the grief and all the upset and uh, and the outpouring and all that. But um, back to it we will be, I guess. And it will be strange not seeing him, you know, doing his 13 steps across the front of the dugout and just as I said last week, like seeing different patterns of play, like that we're not used to, or Melier maybe having a slightly quieter day, or somebody just lofting the ball from the back away when it has to go. Oh, boring! Have to, no, we're gonna we're gonna have to kind of unlearn all our patterns, aren't we, when it comes to uh, to watching leads? But fingers crossed it goes all right. So yeah, thank you, Marcelo. And um, time to uh, look ahead, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> that does wrap up the show for this week. We'll see you next time. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.